Hi, everyone. Uh, it's John. And it's Travis. And this is Mean Girls Interrupted. John, what is this? It's a movie review podcast where we review movies and we watch a movie and uh, we review it here on Mean Girls Interrupted. Are we professional reviewers? I would say no. Yeah, we're not. Uh, also, are all of these opinions our own? Yes, they are very much opinions of our own. And they so are. we will... Uh, we will uh, just give that freely and we do. Uh, Travis, do we spoil the movie? We do spoil the movie. We, we spoil, spoil the movie hard. We spoil it so hard. I was just yeah. going to say that, John. <laughs> oh. Look at us. Travis. Twins. That's why our, uh, our what is it? Not our that's movie why this poster. Works. Yeah. Also, that's why uh, our little podcast uh, image is two A heads on one monster. body. Yeah. yeah. Eating We're popcorn. the same person. Basically the same person. I Basically the same person. Uh, I don't think there's been one movie where our rating was vastly different than the other. I think there might have been maybe <laughs> one or two. Where yeah. Like I was a little bit more like, I love this. And, and you're like, like, it's one. trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but today, everybody listening, you're going to follow, rate, review. You're going to. Email us at meangirlsinterrupted at gmail.com to tell us what movie you want us to review next. And if you have any trouble finding those things out, just Google Mean Girls Interrupted and meangirlsinterrupted.com will probably come up first unless there's another one out there. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then you have all that information at, at your fingertips. Yep. Right there. Yeah. So anyway, today we're reviewing Elvis. Yes, we are removing. We are review movie. We are reviewing the movie Elvis, the starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. Tom, Tom directed Hanks. by Baz Luhrmann, no less. Which I mean, if you didn't know that knows. going into it, just the first one second should refresh your memory that this is a Baz Luhrmann movie. John, he loves his opening sequences. He loves that stuff. I mean, he think loves about that the crazy feverish montage. Yeah. Think about the great Gatsby. Think about um, Romeo think about and Juliet. Rome oh, my gosh. Romeo and Juliet. Also, I think Romeo and Juliet was our first indoctrination to Baz Luhrmann mind. He did. A, he does a lot of like I've noticed he does a lot of fashion stuff. So he'll do like shorts like Dior. Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like advertisements for like Dior and shit like that. And these these do read very like fashion filmy. It's very like romanticized. Yeah, it's heightened. It's drama. It is. And it is romanticized. It's very like um, it is. And, uh, fashion is a lot of his movies. I mean, look at um, why can't I think Moulin Rouge? Yeah, that was that was the craziest thing ever. Like Moulin Rouge, for instance. And I mean, everything's very like contrapuntal and like. The, like it's almost like non sequitur how like whenever the changes happen like you get a musical element and it's not supposed to be there you get yeah. like it's he, wild he loves that shit but i will say this about elvis before we even give a review everything kind of felt everything felt like it fit nothing yeah. felt nothing really felt out of place within this right. movie because he established that up front because it was like a wild montage introduction it was I thought I was watching like the biography channel version of the <laughs> Elvis bi uh, documentary because it was so like informational. It was very like informative. It was like really like just and like all like the montage cuts and everything reminded me of just like a regular documentary. And John, maybe that went, was in yeah, when he said biopic, he was like also historical. 
Yeah, this is. it's an encyclopedia, but it's all narrated by Tom Hanks, who plays yes. Elvis's like shitty manager. Also, uh, which was, a, which was that, a choice for me. I was like, I was like, whoa, we're going through this perspective. Interesting. Yeah, which I also thought was wild. So I wasn't sure when I first saw the introduction in the scene, which he begins. Obviously, he's in the hospital and then he has that dream where he's walking through the casino and all of that. And it felt very feverish. I was kind of having a moment where I'm like, I don't know which direction this movie's heading. And Me there's neither. a good chance I could hate this based off of the first five minutes. Yes, I, was, I wasn't sure. I was trying to figure out like, like that's what the audience does in the first five minutes. They're like, they need to know what they're latching on to and trying to figure out if they're on board or not early on. Yeah, and I, I feel like that for me, that feeling went on for like the first hour. John, and this movie is long for those of you out there. The runtime is two hours and 40 minutes, I believe. Yeah, which I mean, we have. John, we have been going through it. We have with been these really time stamps. These are long <laughs> yeah. movies. But at the same time, all the new movies that are coming out are prestige movies. So they're going to be like four hours. And uh, so for this, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I have to watch Austin Butler for two hours and 40 minutes. I Listen, uh, I don't know anything about Austin Butler. All I know is I was cringing at his Elvis thing for the Golden Globes because I was like, right. why are you still talking like Elvis? And I started getting Does this. Does he just like, talk like that, though? No. So he has a very deep voice. But the whole Elvis thing is yeah. his voice coach is saying it could be permanent. I'm like, no, this is. You're like, mm, and, uh, no, I think he's you're just, living for the I, moment. Yes. He's trying to get an Oscar. Yes. And he is still playing Elvis. Yeah. I mean, there is a PR element to it and it makes a lot of sense because doesn't he come from a uh, like childhood acting background? Oh, he's been in all kinds of stuff. He was in. OK. You know what? I'm, I'm not even going to try. He's either Disney or Nickelodeon fame when he was right. younger. Yeah. Um, he dated Vanessa Hudgens for like 10 years and she was the one who recommended he go for Elvis because he was singing a Christmas song at one point and it was an Elvis Christmas song and he was singing it. And Vanessa Hudgens was like, Oh my God. She was like, you need to play Elvis because he had just dyed his hair dark. Interesting. And then a year later he was cast in Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Yeah. Which was, I think was in talks to go to Harry Styles at one point. I'm no, no, I I'm, think it was no, 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 no. I believe you. Yeah. I'm just saying no. As you don't in, want like, that. See, I love me some Harry Styles, but I also I don't want Harry Styles to become one of those. Um, they go from music to movies so quickly that you get tired of seeing them like Lady Gaga. I'm fine with her because she only does like one movie every two years. Right. And this would have been like the three in one year for Harry Styles because we already yes. have Mike Wiseman and. Yeah, the I'm like, one. no, dial it back <laughs> because I know of you in the music element and I love you in music. But when I see you in movies, too, it's starting to become too much. Yeah, it's like a lot. And so I think Baz Luhrmann was saying like he like addressed that whole people were like, you didn't cast Harry Styles. And then he was like, well, Harry Styles is already sort of an Elvis persona himself. So like it doesn't it wouldn't work. It needs to be like a nobody, which Austin Butler was kind of a nobody before this. Yeah, people didn't really know who he was. Like, yeah, he had the childhood success, but yeah, I didn't but he know just who won Austin the Golden Butler Globe. Was. 
for, he did. for Elvis. He did. And, and in my I, opinion, if we're not if we're doing the review right now of that, it's like I I was looking at this movie in two different ways because I was like, yeah, the movie on a, on the whole is like lackluster and like the story and the choices of this of how to approach his story um elvis's story was kind of like odd to me and i think poor choices were made story-wise and um and the and the certain things that they focused on and it seemed very just like it fell into that pitfall of encyclopedia britannica yeah and, and i'm just like ugh, that's like such a common thing like I read a lot of biopics for this this producer lady um, who was like her whole thing was high flying action films or Oscar winning biopics. So we got a lot of the biopic submissions and they almost all of them fell into the whole encyclopedia thing. It's like, don't just write the encyclopedia version of it, like find a story. And this attempts to do that through the manager point of yeah. view. But at the same time, uh, Aside from that storyline, it's just encyclopedia eating and everybody knows the story. I think most people know the story. I think most people know that they Elvis didn't go became, very deep. No, a, a lot of everyone, pretty much everyone should know. And if you don't know, Elvis became famous for doing black music, period, yes. plain and simple. And I thought that was an interesting thing to put I into the movie. I love that they included it, though, yeah. because a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, a lot of people are sort of in denial of it, too. They're like, they don't no. want to accept it. It's like, like, no, yeah. Black people did not get to get the credit they deserved. I love how I, I don't love. I mean, like in the movie itself, they whenever we see uh, the young Elvis for the first time, basically, he is in he is fully absorbing uh, black music culture, black uh, church culture in America. And he is um, and he is fully appropriating it. Oh, <laughs> ten thousand percent. Like, he's literally stalking around Beale Street as a young Elvis, uh -huh. and he's looking into the into the suit shops, which are like black owned suit shops, and he's like, like, oogling over the style and yeah, he, the way he's they like, move oh, and dance. King. Yeah, and so he just, yeah, he just doesn't even look back. He just takes it and runs <laughs> he says you want to know what i'm a white person in america i can do whatever i want yeah but he had a, a reverence and a respect for the culture around he it. did which i appreciate because yeah. i mean granted yes but still people need to know yeah that's how he it's basically how eminem has respect for <laughs> yeah but you want to know what though eminem truly in his lyrics says since Elvis, I'm the most famous person to do black music. Oh, interesting. I'm right. <laughs> yeah, he has actually said it. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that about Eminem, too, because he knows. Yeah. He's yeah, like, I mean, I'm, if you're doing it, you have to acknowledge it. At least so acknowledge when it. When is Billie Eilish going to do that? Never. I don't, well, the thing is, is I think that's a complicated thing. I, I'm just I'm just throwing shade. Yeah. yeah and that's OK. We <laughs> over here, we do that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Billie Eilish has dialed back her black scenting a lot because of the. Yeah, did you pay attention to her in her earlier years? No, which I 20, never did. Twenty nineteen is earlier years. Well, she had earlier years before then, but I never paid attention to her, yeah. and I never listened to people's. I'm not going to lie to you. You can Google it. It's really if you want a good cringe, like John. Yeah, uh, no joke. The most I get out of people's interviews is either. Sometimes on talk shows, uh, 
through the Vogue channel or Vanity Fair where they are hooked up. Is it Vogue or Vanity Fair where they're hooked up to the lie detector? Oh, yeah, those are fun. I love those. Or Hot Ones. Hot Ones is like the premiere. It has become the the place to be interviewed. John, that's pretty much because (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I really there's a lot of pretension that comes out of the mouths of the people talking. Yeah. Being interviewed. Most of the time, I can't stand and listen to actors. Yeah. Because it reminds me of like I'm an artist. It reminds me of every person talking in the movie The Menu. Oh, yes, yes. Which we'll get into next episode. We'll get to later. Yeah. Um, It's fully that. And also whenever you get like, I'm I'm, around this time, they come out with like the the YouTube videos, like actors on actors and directors on directors. So you get two actors talking to each other who are like A-list actors. I can't understand a fucking word they're saying. No, John, they're all stroking each other's egos. They're like, you know, you were so good. You were so good. You were groundbreaking. You were a genius. And... Which yeah. is not unlike what happens to Elvis. Which is true, yeah. Elvis, way his to ego bring is, it back. Yeah, but it's not unlike what happens to Elvis, though. Yeah, it is true. His I ego mean, is constantly being stroked, and he's this person who believes he's untouchable. Yeah, and, and um, it's such like the culture of entertainment, too. If you're if you're on a tr- if you're trending, like any sort like any everybody around you meeting people for the first time they're going to be like you are amazing i just loved what you did and i love this this and that this is so great yeah you are amazing i did like that part i will say this i did like that about this movie i liked kind of seeing how the business aspect started for him yes yes um which i appreciated because i was like there are things about this i don't know a ton about Elvis. I really don't. I never really followed Elvis's life. I know who yeah. his kids are. This movie definitely gives people who don't know Elvis the basics. You and know I what got I mean? a lot of the basics, minus what I already knew. I knew that I knew yeah. the whole I knew the whole black music thing. Elvis was not the originator of the style. That. I don't think they include that he died on a toilet. They didn't include that because obviously I was thinking that too. I was, I was like, like, are we going to have him die on the toilet? John, can you imagine Austin Butler serving, Dead on a toilet. serving um, heart attack on a toilet? I mean, that would be I bet they, they, I bet they filmed it. <laughs> John, they ended it. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. There's um, some pubes in my throat. <laughs> um, so, no, face, they face pubes. Face yeah, face pubes. pubes. I, uh, it's my beard. It just keeps getting sucked up into my mouth. Yeah, if, um, for those of you who don't know, can't see us, you've never seen us actually. Travis has a long uh, 12 inch um, neck beard. Yeah, neck beard. It's only, <laughs> see, I shave everything else on my face, but the hair that grows out of my neck, oh, I just I let that, was that natural. Grow. No. Oh, no, I just shave everything else because I really like this look. Yeah, I love whenever you French braid it. Yeah, me too. Do you like the Great. double French braids better? Or just a single. Yes, I love what you're rocking today too. Little, Thank you. Like, the double pigtails. Ones. Yeah, yeah, it's real cute. They're just like dangling around. Yeah, and so Thanks. Elvis died on a toilet. Yeah, so but Elvis that is not... dies on the toilet. <laughs> so I was thinking about that too. I was like, how are they going to end this? Because we all know how it ended for Elvis, um, which is obviously yeah, going to be touchy. Ending... Yeah. So they really do focus on like Tom Hanks playing like the most disgusting villainous manager ever in the history of managers. Did like, he have he a prosthetic? Is, oh, he's terrible. Yeah, he is fully, fully 
Disney villain. It goes it goes really hard into the dramatics on like the caricature of it all. Yeah, he is like evil. He has a crazy accent Mm -hmm. and he says that he's from West Virginia. But then you find out that he's actually probably an illegal immigrant of some kind saying he's from West Virginia. So we we never, ever know. Uh, but I, at the Chiron in the end, um, they're like Elvis, blah, 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 blah. And what happened to they call him Colonel, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, the Colonel, like the his Colonel, manager, they just call him the Colonel. Yeah. He uh, they the Elvis estate eventually sued him for all the shady. He like stole millions upon millions of dollars of Elvis's yeah. money, <laughs> which I don't think. I mean, let's be honest here. I'm sure that's happening today. To somebody yeah. who's just trying to make it famous and their manager is like, this is what we're going to do. But also you're going to do all the work and I'm going to make all of your money. And I'm going to gamble it all away in Vegas, baby. Yeah, that was an interesting plot point. And there's no real linear way to talk about this movie, actually. There isn't only in the <laughs> sense that the only linear way to speak of it is it starts when he's a child to when he dies. Yeah, and then but, it ends. But everything that happens ends. in between is sort of like things you you can kind of just like find see things that you already knew about, and then you get these little pieces of information that maybe you didn't know about. Like I, I didn't, didn't realize know his mom. His, I didn't know his mom was an alcoholic and died. Yeah, that like right. I did not know that. I had no clue. Yeah, you don't really hear about her so much. And, they don't speak on her, but they were like they were very close. Yes, but also I did not know that his dad was like. There to the end. I didn't know his dad was there to the end, but also like kind of complicit. No, fully complicit. And like he uh, was totally okay with the gravy train not drying up and just having his son who wants to go somewhere else. Yeah. Keeping him captor. Right. And so he was playing the captor there, you know? Yeah. And they call it financial abuse, by the way. Oh, trust me. Yeah. And uh, so he. So Elvis sort of becomes like the sad victim character in the end, which is true. Like, which, and I did not realize. I didn't. What the thing I didn't realize, the detail I didn't realize was that the colonel, his manager, actually uh, initiated the Las, the iconic Las Vegas performances residency, because of the colonel's own own debt to that casino hotel. What a dirtbag. And if that's true, because I mean, obviously I would, ha- I don't know. Like we I don't said, know the legal documents. We don't know. It's all maybe, but I mean, it's in a movie, so it's true. I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's been recorded, it is truth and fact, just like everything we say yeah. on if, this podcast. If Tom Hanks stepped into like a 10 hour long prosthetics process for this movie to film, to be filmed, it's true. It's true. In fact, John, they, I was going to say they did a pretty good job on the prosthetics. Like it still yeah. looked like Tom Hanks, but that nose of his, I was like, girl, ugh. it was full Disney villain. He was a villain. Did he, did he kind of remind you of the penguin a little bit? Yes, he did. John, uh, he reminded me of the penguin. Danny DeVito's penguin is all I could think of. Man, Danny DeVito's penguin should have iconic. been, it should have been, it was an, it's an Oscar worthy performance, by the way. Listen, every villain in that particular movie Batman should returns. have given should have been given an Oscar. Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer was fu- snubbed. Uh, definitely. So was, I mean, Danny DeVito. Uh, Danny DeVito snubbed. does. He is carrying that movie. No one thinks of Danny DeVito as somebody who can pull off what he did 
No one will ever, in my opinion, ever do the penguin better than him. No, and same thing with uh, Catwoman. I mean, no people, one can play. Th- there have been Selena people who do. Kyle. They do. Yeah, they do valiant efforts, but they cannot measure up. You can't measure Michelle up to Pfeiffer. it. It's iconic, dude. It that is people throw iconic around v- too often. Yeah. Those are two iconic characters within a movie that they're untouchable. They are very untouchable. And I mean, I thought, um, uh, what's her face? <clears throat> You're going to hate me for this one. But uh, Anne Hathaway's version of Catwoman, I thought was definitely serviceable and did a, a, a good job in the context of that movie. I don't hate you for that because, A, I don't hate Anne Hathaway. I just think that she is, I think she is white bread and butter. She yeah, is yeah. she as a she person a vanilla her, flavor. Yeah. Her personality is very like it's very middle of the road, but I think that she's a very talented actor. Yeah, she can do it. That's for sure. I do not think that she is not talented. Do not get me wrong. Uh, you know what I want to see actually that people are really talking about is Armageddon time that she's in. Yeah. So I would be I would love to watch that as well. Yeah. Um, I, I don't also, mind her. I think that she. You yeah. know, I just think that she's kind of I like I do like whenever like actors come through, they have like a certain point of view through their performances that it like is uh, that has a little bit more lived experience behind the eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, say, like for heroin. instance. Yes, exactly. That lived experience. Like <laughs> yeah. heroin abuse. Like heroin abuse. <laughs> or like there's something really dark going on uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. Like like at home, like maybe like. They just lost somebody or something like that. Or maybe like they have like they lost them like uh, like at the grocery store. Have you ever been been lost at a department store as a kid? I haven't yet, but I I do plan on it. I mean, I was one of those kids like in like a Macy's department store screaming and crying in place, like just like standing there with my eyes shut tight and just screaming and crying because I realized that I was lost. Oh, yeah, no. And you get like the makeup counter girls coming up to you and be like, oh, my gosh. Where, oh, my where did you man? They said, uh, oh, my God, your foundation. <laughs> yeah. They said, like, do you oh, want to buy this perfume? They said, oh, your mascara is running. Let us fix that. Yeah. They're like, you know, they just like sit me in the chair. That's <laughs> yeah, they sit in the chair. <laughs> yeah, they made you up. Honestly, yeah. John, you could have you should have fully taken advantage of that. You could have been like, like, I, I just want a full rouge. beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ask for the full beat treatment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then my no, dad we got off the, the subject. Like, we, got, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got off the subject of Elvis because we were talking about how Tom Hanks reminded us of the an iconic character. Whoa, the yeah, penguin. we went we went on a journey. We did go on a journey, but I will have I do have to say this: the hair and makeup did a really great job with Tom Hanks. Yeah. but I still saw Tom Hanks. You know, also yes, but you know, I still who? saw Tom Hanks. That's the thing, though. It's like in a movie like this, I don't want to, and I'll say the reverse. I will say the contrast to um, Austin Butler is I'm not going to lie. I actually, yeah, I saw Elvis. I, yeah. Austin Butler to talk about that. Like I saw that Elvis. was full, I was like, that was oh full Elvis. That was weird. It was it so was, weird. Uh, that's, I think he fully deserves an Oscar for this performance. It's like, if he gets insane. one, I'm not going <clears> to besmirch <throat> him this. Yeah. It's like the movie overall. I'm like, meh, but just watching Austin Butler be Elvis was like really convincing. John, the acting in this movie was really good. Yeah, like his intensity while performing. And I'm like, what the Not hell even is just going him, on here? But like all the acting in general. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, Tom Hanks had an accent. It's like, and he was consistent throughout. He didn't drop character. Yeah. But I don't know that much about the Colonel. And when I'm looking at Austin Butler, I'm like, this guy is embodying. Yeah. Like, it's really, it's like creepy almost. Yeah, uh, it was really weird. Because John, there's a moment, so weird. the very ending, whenever you last see Austin Butler, is he is like an older... Um, oh, he's the old fat version? Yeah, and he's he's sitting at the piano singing a song, and like at the end of the song, they switch from the Austin Butler footage, and they hard cut to the real Elvis footage, and I'm like, and I barely even noticed. I was like, oh, wait, we're we're in the real footage. I'm like, when did that happen? I'm like, whoa. You almost can't tell the switch. Yeah, craft-wise from the acting, the costumes were really good. The costuming was great. Yeah. Everything actually seemed like it fit for the time. I'm not going to lie. I wanted more. Mm -hmm. I wanted more of Beale Street, but I know there is a movie about Beale Street, so I can go and watch that. John, that seemed far more interesting to me than Elvis's story. Yeah, it does. But I mean, it's like also um, for me, I was just like, okay, stop like chronicling and start giving me the drama. Yeah, we we go there. We go there in chunks towards the end, but it's mostly very little drama. Yeah, it's with him sleeping with everybody, with his wife, with it breaking down. Yeah, because those things are like softly abridged on, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like it also is his substance abuse is like suddenly he's already fully in it and we don't really see the seeds of that. No. I mean, you you get it, but it's very like, like glossed over. They show you one element of it, like kind of how it gets started. The whole exhaustion, the whole Mm -hmm. exhaustion thing that happens. He goes to the hospital. Looking great Um, in that bed. They hired a doctor to follow him around to just like keep him up so he's not tired. They probably so were like injecting him with like amphetamines or something like that. John, no joke, especially during that time. Who knows what they're carrying around? They Judy Garland him. John, he got Judied. He got full. He got the full Judy Garland. Is he Judy? I feel like he's Judy. Like they did the exact same thing. I f- dude, that's a story right there. Freaking Judy Garland story. Yeah. Did Holy you watch Judy? Sh- I did not, John. Yeah. I it's, listen, it's good. I, I grew up gay. I was obsessed with Judy Garland. Like most of you guys, we yeah. all know Dorothy Gale, but we yeah, also, this is, this is Judy Garland in her later years. Oh, I know the so, older, the older version like, of Judy. I remember Cher, Cher talks about it too. Like Cher, uh, after her like big rise to prominence, she still fell on financial hard times and like owed, uh, the federal government a bunch of fucking tax money. And so she had to do a similar Judy thing and like go on the road just to get grab as much cash as possible to pay it like work and that see. And that's what sucks, too. Also, I fully was going to watch that movie because, I mean, let's talk about Renee Zellweger for a second. since We're talking like biopics. Yeah, she was she, really good as Judy. She looked like she fit the part so yeah. well. Yeah, she I mean, uh, but just. I mean, is it any better than Jinx Monsoon's version of Judy Garland? No, I don't think anyone <laughs> can do it better than Jinx Monsoon. I'm going to be Jinx honest. Mon- I mean, Jinx Monsoon is uh, definitely, I mean, she should have been in the Judy Garland biopic for sure. Uh, she should because <laughs> it's really, really good. Talk about, talk about an impersonation. Uh, yeah. That was wild. amazing. Uh, anyway, so um, Elvis. Yeah. Elvis. 
Elvis. Elvis. Elvis. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, that's it's such a hard movie to synopsize because it's like we can just, synopsize it real quick. I, I can do like did. a quick breakdown. I think we kind of <laughs> did. It just goes from him being a child, his rise to fame. Basically, yeah. you get to see a bunch of in between of him at like the height of his career, his career kind of taking a little bit of a nosedive when the Beatles and all of these people are starting to come to um, yeah. starting to come to the forefront. And obviously and downs getting away from his roots, going back to his roots and then getting back away to from his them roots. again, <laughs> which is weird to me because you see how he's like kind of nosediving. And then he does that Christmas special where he gets a little political and then his career is revamped. Yeah, which, I kind of like that whole sequence in the studio with the thing me as well. I was like this, that. I think that was the whole sequence where I was like, yep, Austin Butler is definitely in it. John, for real, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is actually insane. Yeah. They did so well in the studio. But I think one of my favorite things, one of my favorite lines, and I didn't have it verbatim, is Elvis was sitting here talking and it was during the live thing. He's like, I felt so good about that. And I can't remember who it was. They said, you realize you're in a studio and these people are told to clap. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I was like, that a I'm like, that is so fucked up. Like, don't be like bitchy. You could tell that these people were actually being genuine. <laughs> yeah. And, and he was then, just like, let me just bring you down a couple of notches. <laughs> they bring him down a couple notches. And I think it's to keep him from from like feeling empowered at all. Yeah, they don't want him to feel empowered. Which, yeah, it's abuse. It's control. John, I had it's no abuse. clue that his yeah. whole career was people just tearing him down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like what you do. see in that final moment where he's like singing his heart out for the last time. Yeah. Like it's almost like he knew like he looks like worn down. John. Yeah. Can, he not only does he look worn down, girl, if a piece of baloney had a face, he was sweating <laughs> so bad. He was sweating like baloney you take out of the fridge. You know how sometimes baloney does sweat. Baloney sweats, and I don't know why it sweats. And all I could think of was like, "This is baloney sweats." Why does baloney sweat? It's cured. It's cu it's meat that sweats. <laughs> no. it's, it's, so it's, it's so weird. It's almost like it's alive. Yeah, dude, John, it's so strange. And all I could think of was like, "God damn." Yeah, he was looking real haggard at the end, and yeah. I felt bad for him. I know. I think that's the point. His whole I think you're life. supposed to. Um, well, I if that's well, the point, then they they conveyed it because I felt bad at the end. I was like, you know, he probably could have been a dirtbag in some moments, and which I'm sure he was. Well, yeah. Anyone with that much fame and power probably has moments of assholery. Yeah, that's um, for sure. Which I'm sure he obviously he's not perfect. No one mm -hmm. is. Uh, but this movie was all about feel bad for Elvis. Yes, it was. It was very much that. And while and like, also acknowledging how about we feel bad for the artists whose music he turned into his own <laughs> that didn't get the credit they actually deserve. He, he stole it, rejected it, stole it back again, kind of worked with it within the mainstream and then completely mm -hmm. hardcore stole it shamelessly again. And that's the thing. That's why I'm like, I feel more, I feel worse for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who really got the shaft here? But you know what I they think do? Lisa this Marie. movie does. Yeah. Rest in peace, rest dude. Rest in peace recently. Honestly, sure. that's wild. Yeah, she she passed away the day two days after. Af two days after the Golden Globes. 
Yeah. Where they actually loved Austin Butler and they praised his performance. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. How, dude? I know. That is not, I was not expecting. Yeah. Like, what? Lisa, Lisa Marie was 10 years older than her dad. When yeah. he died, he was 42. She was 52, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct, yeah. So 52 young, years old. And Lisa Marie's son has uh, passed. killed he, himself. Yes. So, um, and she lived with that grief for a very long time. Yes. And also, so we have Riley Ke- Co. Riley, yeah, Riley Co. is, is still the, kicking. Riley, is she the granddaughter? To, yeah, is Elvis's granddaughter. Um, uh, By the way, we still have to watch Zola, but it's on Showtime, and I am not. I'm not paying for subscribing Showtime. to Showtime. No. Like, sorry, try again. But I'm not. I, yeah, Riley. Someone should, someone should check in with Riley Co. Honestly, somebody should because uh, that's, that's a lot. Talk about lived experience coming through a performance. Like that's that's only gonna add to her. Um, Add to her art, unfortunately. But like, unfortunately, um, yeah. But another um, actor who has like obvious lived experience through their um, their performance and their persona is um, uh, who's a what's it? Um, do 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 Johnny Depp's daughter. Oh yes, of course, um, Lily. Yeah, Lily Rose Depp. Like, uh, <laughs> she she's coming into her own. She. I mean, she's coming out uh, with a movie with the weekend um very soon or it's like you, a, a limited series or something like that what she yeah. is yeah wait i'm excited i'll watch that for sure it's very good she plays like this this like pop star persona and she's like wild john she's gorgeous but of course she's gonna be i mean look at her dad and cry baby those fucking cheekbones the cheekbones like, also she she has two parents with like hardcore cheekbones. It's um, wild. It's crazy. The, the bone structure makes all the difference. If your parent, your parents can seriously look like, like this starving rats, dude, but you will come out looking so gorgeous because they have the best cheeks. Yeah. It's <laughs> starving rats do notoriously have the, the sharpest cheekbones, the highest the cheekbones, <laughs> highest and sharpest. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, uh, obviously Lily Rose Depp has had uh, her via her parents uh, kind of a crazy ride, which we've also. T- oh, my God. Yeah. But we've also talked about this, too. I think we talked about the whole nepotism thing, which I don't really care. Hollywood oh, is I don't run care by this. about that. It doesn't bother me one bit. I mean, it's the reason why I don't care about that is because like I'm not surprised by it. Why are people being surprised by it? John, people are shocked. If they're just getting mad about it now, like, why are they, why are they so mad about it now? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. It's always been that way. I'll tell you why. Because the generation that didn't realize how the world works is actually getting into the world that they have to work in. Oh, right. And and they're the generation that uh, puts their feelings out into social media on mass, um, which is but, fine. Uh, Put your feelings out, but we also need you to understand like, it's like, this, the same, like a cool, cool for you for catching up to the conversation that's been happening forever. So like, don't get, get used so to it because it. it's never going to change. Yeah. Kicking and screaming on social media about it's not going to change anything. Calling Plus, people out, canceling people because of it, like is not going to change anything. No, it really will do nothing. It's going to do nothing. Yeah. Um, which is why I don't care. Plus, Honestly, if you come from a person who's an actor, there's use it, utilize it, go to the acting schools and become someone I want to watch at the movies, because guess what? That's what entertainment's for. Yeah. Also, like be better than your parents. I feel like there's also like an envy 
behind all that conversation too. Maybe there is. I don't envy it at all. Yeah. It's like, maybe that's why it doesn't bother me. Cause I'm not envious of these people. Right. Like, but at the same time, like if I were in their position, I would totally 100% use that leg up. Uh, duh. Who wouldn't to, to do what I wanted to do. John, yeah. if my parents, if I could use my parents for anything, I would. <laughs> Unfortunately, I cannot because you and I both grew up poor. Yeah. We didn't grow up with connections. We didn't grow up with those things. And that's yeah. our life. But guess what? If I did have them, better believe I would have used them. Of course I would. Like, it's, it would be dumb of me not to. What? It's to what? Be like, I earned my way up. Okay, get your degree, earn your way up, but also take, you know, if someone can hold a door open for you instead of you having to knock, dude, take it. Yeah. And it also, that's like why your parents worked so hard to get that opportunity. They wanted, they got that life so that they could make it easier on their children. Which is not unlike, which is actually the complete contrast to Elvis's parents. Cause we got to go back to them. Yes. They Elvis came from grew nothing, up broke. Nothing. Uh, Elvis grew up broke and his mom was worried about how his life would change and their yeah. relationship because they were poor. They were yeah. poor, poor. They lived in, did they live in the white housing projects? Yes, they did. And, um, so they, uh, yeah. So he just got lucky basically he had, he had full talent, but at the same time he was over the top. He was, yes. he was audacious and, and the way he presented himself. And he, uh, uh, and also the way that he appropriated black culture was quote unquote fresh to like white ear and white audiences because over white the radio. people never saw dancing. White people are afraid of dancing. Yeah. That's why they're so bad at it because yeah. they were told growing up that you're not allowed to shake and move <laughs> or we just genetically can't. I'm just no, that's not, I, I do not I believe. Know, I know. <laughs> no, I know you're making a joke, but I'm telling you. I don't know why white people are so obsessed with being like, you know, yeah. you can't do this. You're not allowed to do this. Like on TV, you can't even shake your leg. I, that's he wild. was arrested for shaking his legs. That's crazy. I've, I've legit. Well, that's seen, white supremacy. And they go into that in this too. Like, yeah, the, the, uh, the prominent social political figure gunning for Elvis was, uh, a white holding supremacist. white supremacist rallies, uh, like just like a couple of miles from where he was doing a big concert, which like, he was like, fuck that. I'm going to shake, rattle and roll. And you better believe yeah. it. But you know what? But you that, know, that's, that's basically the same, uh, institution that is doing those same things today. Like we're basically still living in a Jim Crow era. Like this does acknowledge the Jim Crow era that he rose uh, to prominence in. And, uh, so that's all still very much going on right now. Like we're, we're talking, um, there's, they are trying to put policies against, uh, uh, drag shows. Um, yeah. Freaking why? I'm like, have you yeah. ever had any fun at all? Yeah. You've so never been to a drag show. John, do you remember that big drag queen tried to kiss me? Yeah. Uh, oh, I hope she's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, uh, if I don't know, like, so, and that's also a way to go after trans culture as well. Yeah. And uh, so there's also a race element in my mind again uh, to all that, because a lot of, uh, a lot of, there's a drag Queens and uh, there's a, there's a large number of people of color in that community. A very, so it's, if a, it's a way to escape. It's a way for community. 
Right, exactly. And so, um, yeah, and the whole gay rights movement was basically in not basically was sort of instigated with Stonewall through black drag queens. It was so well, trans like trans and black trans. Yeah, people of color are responsible for the LGBTQ uprising, which a sure. lot of people don't realize. Well, actually, yeah. I think people are coming to more knowing. Yeah, they are because they're like, where does duck walking come from? Yeah, like it duh. comes from the the drag ball scene. Yeah, which, which is, is which was predominantly not just predominantly pre- like ninety nine percent ninety nine percent it is people unique of color. to people of color. Yeah, in New York, like yeah, let's get real. But now like, it's like all over the world. Which good. I'm glad that it's being embraced, but also don't forget where it came from. Very true. You yes. cannot forget where it's came. Embrace it, but don't I mean, forget where it's came. Appropriation is a slippery slope because you see it online on social media all, to- all the time. Like, um, <clears throat> on social well, media, us saying shade. That does yes, not. Exactly. That is not. When we say we're throwing shade, that is not. We need yes. to acknowledge. Where did that come from? It did not come yeah, from white gays. Whenever the Kardashians are chirping and squirping. That is, that is not from Armenian culture. No, it is not. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so it's so so I think that this movie also uh, acknowledges sonically, which I thought was clever through audio and music kind of touches on how um, uh, music is very much still appropriating um, uh, uh, like black music because they they slip in during like the Jim Crow era scenes like they mix that that era's uh, music with modern day sort of uh, um, music like the the pop music that like like say has like that trap beat to it well I mean they they had um, Doja Cat was one of the songs one of the main right exactly in the very beginning and she uses that, that trap beat a lot. And so, but also so does um, uh, a lot of, a lot of popular white musicians now. Yeah. Like, so it's, like, it's, it's still happening, that sort of appropriation. Like you may love something really, really hardcore, but it's sort of like that, that fine line of like, are you taking and using it to your advantage just to get ahead or are you respecting it or what are you, what are you, what are your intentions with exactly? It? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's going to be that intersection. There's yeah. always going to be an intersection between everything. Cultures yeah. have been blending together forever, but you also have to recognize where stuff comes from. Yeah. Also like there's this weird thing that irks me. Like I, on whenever I do like peruse stories on Instagram or something like that, it's whenever like a, a distinctly white person who I know and in, in personal life, like on in their captions or something, they use like slang that's very specific to like to to black culture. And I'm like, you know, they're like, yeah, you, do you know what I mean? Like they use I know that exactly ver- what you mean. They use that vernacular. They use the vernacular, but in everyday life, they do not talk like that. But it's like exclusive to their captions and stuff that's on their Instagram stories. And like, I don't know. It's very confusing to me. How do you feel about that? Um, oh, God. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't I don't put too much stake into it just because, like, I hate social media. Yeah, and I think too. that is the way people talk on social media. It all has become appropriated. but. 
I mean, it's also been so pushed into her head. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, could you, could you not do it? Yeah, they couldn't, but. It's almost like nonverbal black scenting is what I'm getting at. Oh no, it is. Yeah. Just, you're not saying it out loud, but you're still writing it in the way that people are going to read it. Yeah. And in their head, they're going to read it and sound it out the way you've just spelled it. Yeah. So Anyway, so that's like weird to me, but but that is essentially what, you know, I mean, that is Elvis, like Elvis, Elvis became famous because of black people. Yeah. Period. Plain and simple. Yeah. And the movie does acknowledge that. So which I appreciate that fact. Yeah. You can't ignore it. That would have been also a poor I choice. that everyone was mad that he they were saying that he was breaking segregation laws and all he wanted to do is hang out with his friends. For him, it yeah. wasn't this thing. It was like, I want to go. But also not right. just hanging out with, out with his friends to be like, oh, I want to record that song. Yeah, he's like, I want well, to take that for myself. <laughs> no, he do, and he'll tell the artist too. He's like, I want to record that song, and it's like, why don't you let them record it? You have the power. Exactly. But he That's wanted to record it. That's the problem. But I at uh, least hope he gave them the money they deserved to record not. their music. Probably not. Um. Uh, so that's Elvis. That's do you want to go to some uh, Rotten Tomatoes reviews? Yeah, wait, let's give our own review first. Oh, right, right, right. So I fully, I'm not even going to, just acting alone, I thought the acting was great. The movie, yeah. sure, fine. It's two hours and 40 minutes. I wasn't bored the whole time. There yeah. were scenes where I'm like, ugh, seven. I want to give yeah. this movie a seven. Um, now, acting wise, I thought Austin Butler did incredible. Yeah. I, would give him, I would give him a nine, ten. Yeah, if you were to like separate the two, like, which I thought was a great uh, thing about this was like Austin Butler was like, this movie doesn't like whatever happens with this movie, the outcome of this movie, he I'm going to be like an undeniable 10. He did. He did an incredible job. Yeah. I wouldn't have paid to see this in the movies. No, 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 me neither. I'm giving this movie a seven. I don't think it deserves lower. I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Seven, you know, I would probably agree with you. I'm probably, uh, uh, although Austin Butler's uh, performance is like a nine or a 10, it's just like, it doesn't do enough for me to elevate the movie itself past a seven. No, I'm because, not watching this again either. There's no, no reason. Never. I'll like never go back and watch this. Yeah. It doesn't register on like my top 10. No. It doesn't. Yeah. It's just. Like Baz Luhrmann sort of needs to do it's a movie. Beautiful. The movie is beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, craft, craft wise. Let's amazing. not let's not forget. Yeah, it looks gorgeous, and there Sounds is money. Good. There is yeah. money in this movie. Oh yeah, in every single frame. It's you can tell they spent cash, dude. Yeah, they spent a lot of money on this. So, and you can see it, and it's very well done. That has nothing to do with it. It's just an overall for me. Yeah, it's I think gonna it's going to be a seven. It's overall story, overall directing choices, but the people behind the scenes doing all the work. God, it looked beautiful. Like the, it was so beautiful. Yeah, they got the top level craftsmen for this movie every step of the way. Yeah, so, and the costumes, dude, the costumes alone, too. I was like, God, they. The costumes really had me, especially like the pink suit. I John, was like, they pulled out cool. all the stops for those costumes. That wardrobe department, fucking hands down. I yeah. hope they win for wardrobe. I'm, pr- I'm sure they're going to get nominated. 
Somebody um, has to get nominated. Behind the scenes for this movie is where the nomination should go, and to yeah, Austin Butler. I was very much respecting this like production design, and everything's moving very like fast, so you can barely even register it and absorb it. Because <clears throat> like by the time you like realize that this is a really great set, it's like cutting to another one. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> oh my god, the set's insane! Like they actually. Yeah, I liked like the studio for like filming the Christmas special. Like, John, that, that, I that thought was cool. the same. I yeah. thought the same. I was like. This looks like it cost so much to do. Yeah. And it's like, so how it is like in, in like studios like that, everything's sort of like moving around. Like you have what's in frame versus like what you see just out of frame. And it's very cool. I was, I did like a little extra, like I did like a background extra work on that, on like, um, on the Fox studio a lot for like that show Orville. I never like, they didn't need me that day. I just had to sit in a dark corner behind the big giant <laughs> it's like a spaceship set they and said, it's like you're just gonna sit in the corner and watch i know i was like in like weird Damn. like star trek onesie and <laughs> like you got cooked i got cooked i got put in the corner <laughs> nobody puts baby in a corner nobody but yeah anyway so that was like an inch but like so behind the scenes it was like all craft services and like people milling about that's where i'm at give me a fucking cheese sandwich yeah like people <laughs> exactly i was like at the craft services table I was like i'm getting free meals today i know this is the union section but you guys don't know that i'm not yeah you have um, no clue no and so uh and then you like during lunch you can like actually kind of look into the set and it's like this crazy futuristic uh very well crafted thing but other than that it's just like like plywood and like pieces and stuff anyways i thought that was a cool one so seven for me but yeah what does the rotten tomatoes say a 77 percent. so hey hey well we were close i mean it's closer to an 80 but i mean fine yeah fine. they were being nice um so the tomatometer the critics say 77 percent, and they the consensus is the standard rock biopic formula gets all shook up in Elvis <laughs> with Baz Luhrmann, Baz Luhrmann's dazzlingly energy, dazzling, dazzling energy and style. Perfectly. Did you say basiling? Basiling. Is that he what does, they said? Did no. they say basiling? <laughs> um, <laughs> dazzling. They should have said okay. dazzling. They missed an opportunity. I heard because basiling it, and I was like, that's good. Accurate. I'm like, that is a good. He basiled all over it. Oh. And uh, <laughs> with Baz Luhrmann's dazzling energy and style. Uh, really the frog in my throat. That's okay. <clears throat> uh, perfectly complimented by Austin Butler's outstanding lead performance. He did a great job. Yeah. Oh, here's another appropriated thing. He carried. Oh, he, oh, he carried. Yes. He served. He carried the film. All of that. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, the audience gives it a 94%. They got um, duped, but I can see that. I don't see. I Like, truly, I don't see them being duped. If you're not going into it, looking at if you're not like going into the movie being like criticizing it you're just here for pure entertainment like of course i'm here for pure entertainment but i also i think the elderly people who are young people during elvis's prominence love this movie oh i'm sure i can't see why other people wouldn't love it either like it's not a terrible movie no it's It's, not it's not i'm just saying like they they would probably especially love it i would agree with you on that they would be like yeah yeah 
and throw like, their panties at the screen. <laughs> it takes me back. <laughs> takes it back. I remember when I lost a bra years, 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 years ago. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the audience consensus is like the man himself. Elvis delivers dazzling, crowd pleasing entertainment that provokes a wide range of emotions. Is that a real review? I don't know because it did. What emotions did it provoke for you? Like it's a movie that provokes emotions. John, it didn't provoke anything for me. At the end, I was like, God, that sucks. I was like, man, I feel a little bad for him. But the whole time, I yeah, was just like kind of like, going to happen. Yeah. Like I wasn't shocked. Yeah. Who's this Olivia DeJong who played Priscilla Presley? I don't know, but she I was did like, a good I job. was like, who is she? Yeah, she like kind of flies under the radar in the movie. Like they don't really make it about her. No, which is good because it's not about her and we do get to see her. But it's weird because she looks very similar <laughs> to Priscilla Presley. Very much so, especially. Yeah, they did. Good the casting department too. did a freaking good job because, dude, she looked just like Priscilla Presley. Yeah, And who would think that Austin Butler can like disappear into Elvis? John, I don't think he can ever. He can't do anything else ever again. And you know, OK. This might be a controversial thing to say, but this might what? be the biggest thing that he's going to do. He's probably freaking out right now. He's like, he's probably like, what can I ever do next? This might be the biggest thing he can do, because you know how when some musicians come out with the first album, that is an absolute banger of an album. And the next <sighs> one's trash. Uh, Lord suffered from that. Remember? Lord absolutely suffered. I don't. OK, but she Actually, felt that pressure and she talks about it. I don't think she suffered from it because her right. first three albums, I believe it was the first three albums. No, it was regardless. We'll say this. Maybe suffer is the wrong word. Yeah, she didn't. But she had to worry about that, I think. I would say the person, the to me personally, Lauren Hill. She never came Ooh, out with another yeah. album. Oh, but, but she's so consistently good. But at the same she time, she never came out with another album. And I was like, John. I don't know. I mean, the miseducation of Lauren Hill is for real. A, one of my favorite albums and one of the best albums ever made. Yeah. But how, the great the great thing about her, though, is that she's she she still she still tours. She still does things. I know. And it's just like, whoa, Doing she's such an album, icon. And I would yeah. still go see it because miseducation of Are Lauren Hill. Are you telling Hill, me that Lauren Hill's only done one album? Yeah. No. John, she oh, never maybe came stopped out. at that one. Unless she stopped at the miseducation because another album did not come out. No. Uh, swear. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. That's craziness. Yeah. So let me let me just. How many albums does Lauren Hill have? Yeah, let's fact check that one. And while you do, I'm going to do this. Uh, somebody yeah, who yeah. gave it a splat. I'm going to read a, a critic from the AV Club who gave it a splat, a rotten tomato. It says Lerman's fast cutting super montage style overpowers the subject matter. That's true. And the result is an impressionistic jumbled highlight reel of Presley's many accomplishments, despite vivid recreations by actor Austin Butler as the king. That's accurate. Well, but he gave it a C minus. Hey, well, that was us, too. We gave it a 70. True, true, true. But he was like, I'm not making this fresh. Sorry. No. Okay, so sorry. Back to Lauren Hill. Yeah, yeah. Lauren Hill's discography ends um, up. She released one studio album, one live album, and twenty singles, including nine singles as a featured artist. She only had Whoa. one feature album. 
that's a choice too because she has the One world at her album. fingertips if she decides to do that that's why i was shook i was like oh my I god and it came out why? in 1998 Did she talk about it no she probably faced a lot of pressure dude lauren hill when that album came out was like it was insane i'm sure she was her. at the top of the, yeah. everything do you know how many Fugees. grammys Does she, she won? still do anything with the fujis because that was whenever in the 90s i was like piles okay. of grammys dude yeah. for that album <clears throat> that's why it's I'm like, good <laughs> it's and that's the thing though and i'm like so it's a great album but now mm-hmm. i'm thinking to austin butler how will he how will he um Yikes. continue this upward when he's already gone to the top with well, literally no. the only role people know him for right i think he's gonna have to do something completely unexpected again like it can't be a disappearance role i think it would have no. to be i think it would have to be like like a stupid rom-com or something i oh god i don't that is so weird it's really weird i wonder what we're gonna see him in next we'll know soon enough i'm sure because i bet yeah, you every or he studio needs to do the he needs to do like the most low Only budget fan. and and yes <laughs> that too because it was kind of doing it for me at certain points um, was it yeah. yeah he doesn't really do it for me but there were moments where there were moments where i was like okay cool i get it all right <laughs> no, so, but like uh no i think he, like if he does like a really really tiny little a small budget movie that's really compelling and not and where he can like actually just sort of talk and not be a full-on character john i think you're right do something indie yeah like go hard, indie do super hardcore indie uh the movie costs five million to make and you made three pieces of um Three pieces of uh, the cinnamon Cat gum. Food. Oh yeah, three cinnamon pieces gum. of cinnamon gum and like a couple paper clips. Right, and they you just sleep uh, on the ground. Yeah, outside yeah, instead yeah. of a trailer. You bunk with a trash can full of raccoons. Right, and then you just release that movie, and everybody's like, "Whoa, like, what is this?" He basically has to Charlie's Theron monster it. Honestly, so you're saying he's gonna. Except with it, with no prosthetics, but like that level of performance. Yeah. Sad. I agree. Real sad. Do something. We'll yeah. see, though. We'll see where he can go. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, yeah. Austin Butler. Yeah. Come on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we did it. I, I think that's it. I think. Are you ready have... to see what's on the menu? John. For the next. I can't wait to episode. see what's on the menu. Yeah. Because, girl, I'm starving. I know, me too. I can't wait for that amuse boosh. I can't wait for the first course. I can't wait for, for dessert. Dessert. Me either. Bye. Every time. Oh, we we'll have to see oh. you at the movies. <laughs> Roll the credits. Um, surprisingly well performance by Austin Butler. Like, congrats. High five, Elvis. Bye.